your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I am Josh Hyman. I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode today. Blues lost 3-2 to the Chicago Blackhawks. A frustrating loss for sure. They lost David Perron early due to injury and had to play with 10 forwards for the rest of the night. Um, so we're going to be getting into all of that and whether or not this season is one to be worried about if you're a St. Louis Blues fan. Uh, but before we get into that, want to let everyone know that today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house and head-to-head mashups, winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. All right, without further ado, let's get in to today's episode. The Blues took on the Chicago Blackhawks, went up 2-0 early on, but then hit some offensive woes as they lost David Perron and were already playing with only 11 forwards uh, and went down to 10 forwards for the rest of the night. That's always going to be a challenge. Um, you know, when, you're, when you only have 10 guys, that's a lot of extra ice time that is going to be eaten up, and you could see it late in the game. The Blues looked dead tired. Um, late in that game, and especially in overtime, uh, really didn't have their legs under them, which is concerning considering they play again tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, like I said, one silver lining there is the fact that Blues did only have 10 forwards um, and did a good job of earning a point at the very least in that game. You know, anytime you have Robert Bortuzzo playing at left wing, uh, the offense is going to be, is going to have a hard time. Uh, generating chances, and we definitely saw that as soon as Perron went down. Oh, there's a cat on my shoulder. For anyone listening at home, sorry for the pause, but anyone on YouTube, you can say hi to Syrup, the cat. Tough game for the Blues. Really disappointing to see them lose this game. I think, especially early on, they looked really, really strong, going up to nothing on the Blackhawks. Uh, but then after that, it, it really feels like they just had nothing going for them at any point in the game. It was really, really hard for them to generate offense. Um, it was hard for them to really do anything um, other than just try to keep the Blackhawks at bay. You know, they went into the game with seven defensemen uh, sort of in, in hopes to maybe make this a more defensive-minded game. And then all of a sudden, David Perron goes down, which we'll get into that later, um, potentially a uh, concerning uh, injury there with his concussion history. But yeah, Blues went up early 2 nothing. Pavel Buchnevich with a goal that I have still yet to see because the ESPN broadcast was not showing it at the time. And it's I'm on NHL.com right now. Still no video of the goal. So maybe it was a good goal. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, but jokes aside, Kairou with another assist continues to light it up. Huge night for him. He was everywhere. Blues best forward without a doubt. Um, and other than that, though, not a whole lot of offense generated. Uh, Ivan Barbashev got the second goal of the night for the St. Louis Blues off of a beautiful pass from Robert Thomas on the power play uh, to go up 2-0, but that was pretty much all she wrote for the Blues offense. Um, From that point forward, it was not a lot of high-danger scoring opportunities, not a lot of offense generated for the St. Louis Blues whatsoever. Um, And you could look at that and say, Perron went down. They only had 10 forwards. And while that's true, while it made it a lot harder for them due to the lack of uh, forward depth and just due to the minutes that some of those guys had to eat, um, 
it's also habits that we've seen in past games as well. They had uh, a couple chances there late in the third, especially where they just missed the net. Uh, Brendan side went in alone on a breakaway after a turnover and he put it wide. Um, Ryan O'Reilly had a great chance out front that was broken up, you know, wide open net. A um, couple others as well, just prime scoring opportunity for the blues that not only do they not get a shot on net, but it really feels like they just don't generate anything of it afterwards. You know, two on one, you'd like to think you could get some, uh, some zone time or a breakaway. You'd like to think even if you don't score, you can get some zone time, but it really felt like the blues chances were so few and far between every time they would start to generate some offense. Um, it would die quickly and just go back the other way for the Blackhawks. Uh, frankly, the blues are lucky that they got a point out of it, uh, especially after that, that tying goal from Hagel, it, it was, it really felt like the Blackhawks wanted to end it in regulation. And um, I think that the Blues are lucky that they were able to muster a point out of it. You know, tomorrow night's game is going to be absolutely huge uh, against a really good Columbus Blue Jackets team. Back to back, who's probably going to be in net. Um, and Perron, I'm assuming will be out of the lineup as well. So it's going to be a really big test for the Blues tomorrow. Um, but that being said, you know, sort of getting more into the the game tonight. Uh, Juju, Kyra got the first goal for the Blackhawks uh, early in the second period. Uh, tough goal for Bennington. You know, he, he made the save, maybe gave up a little too juicy of a rebound. But at the end of the day, um, Kyra had, you know, free real estate in the crease uh, behind Jordan Bennington. And it really comes down to the Blues defenders not doing a good enough job of keeping the crease, you know, the front of the net clear. Anytime that uh, a player on the opposing team is standing pretty much on your goal line with nothing in between them and uh, wide open net, it, it means it's a defensive failure more than anything. Uh, so that was a very frustrating goal. Brendan Hagel scores late in the third to tie it up off of seemingly not a whole lot of generated offense, just a, a shot from the point, a lot of traffic out front, deflection past Binnington. You know, I don't think you can really blame Binnington for either of the goals tonight. He continues to be a really solid player for the Blues this year. Um, had a strong game tonight again. Again, he did give up a couple goals, but whether it's the three, you know, the two on one in overtime, the deflection, or the you know wide open goal for Kyra, I don't think you can really look at Jordan Bennington and say he's the reason the Blues struggled. But you can look at the defense, the biggest issue for the Blues all season, and say that it continued to struggle because oh boy, did it struggle. Yes, the yes they did a very good job of keeping the Blackhawks from getting a lot of high danger scoring chances, but it really felt like they they couldn't clear the puck out of the zone for the life of them. Couldn't couldn't generate plays from the defensive end. Um, and it, it, we continue to see, uh, we continue to see the same struggles that we've been seeing uh, throughout the whole season. Except the Blues aren't scoring at nearly as high of a rate that they were. I saw a tweet uh, by, I believe, Jeremy Rutherford during the game that the Blues were one five and one in games where they scored two goals or less, um, and make that one five and two now with the loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, really feels like the the offense um, is the is going to be the thing that's going to carry this team this year. If, we, if the Blues have success, it's going to be from the offense. Um, and anytime you have only 10 forwards out there, it's going to be a really hard time for your offense to generate scoring chances. Um, but that being said, I, I don't think it's it's all hope is lost quite yet. Again, 10 forwards at, in Chicago. Um, it, not the easiest game to win given the circumstances. That being said, I, I Blues easily could have come away with a win there, even with the circumstances, if they just buried a few more scoring opportunities. Uh, so that being said, I'm going to talk about that in the second segment, sort of the Blues' lack of uh, finishing. You know, they're still generating a lot of chances, but they're not quite getting the goals that they were at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to be talking about that, uh, talking about some of the, I'm going to check out the chat as well. 
But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Stat Hero. Now, if you're like me and you enjoy daily fantasy, the most frustrating thing is picking what you think is a perfect lineup, and then all of a sudden you match up against an opponent with an absolute god squad. They're stacked, and and you lose all hope. Um, but no, because no one plays daily fantasy to lose. Winning feels so much better. Traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineup before you even play, and you can handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. So let's say you think you got a great lineup, but you also think certain guys are going to underperform. Pick a lineup on that Stat Hero puts out, and if you think you can beat them, then you got a you got an easy chance to make your lineup. This never before seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com/hockey and use promo code hockey for a one hundred percent deposit match. That's stathero.com/hockey. Don't forget to use that promo code hockey for a 100% match. That's literally free money. Stathero.com slash hockey, promo code hockey, terms and conditions apply. All right. Before we get into the second segment, I will hop into the chat for a little bit. Richard Clay says it might be time to move Vladdy for a legit top line left wing and let Kyra play his natural side on the right. I do agree that I think that the the lineup needs a little bit of a shakeup. Um, guys, maybe should be playing in different areas. I don't know if the solution is trading Vladimir Tarasenko because if you trade Vladimir Tarasenko, you pretty much are going to force yourself to try to bring back uh, someone who can replace the offensive production that Tarasenko has had if, if you're trying to do it offensively. And I don't know if there's a, a hockey trade out there, a one-for-one trade where you can just ship Tarasenko off, bring someone in seamlessly. Um, to get Cairo playing on his natural side. I think Cairo looked great out there tonight. I don't think he, w- I mean, maybe he would uh, benefit from playing on his natural side, but I don't think um, that he's having struggles uh, playing where he is now at all. Um, I-, I do think that it might be time to look at a trade um, or just some big shakeup because it's clear that the Blues are struggling lately. Um, they a really hard time stringing wins together consecutively. They're having a really hard time finishing scoring opportunities um but i think you know that the talent is there especially offensively like we look at the defense and we say like yeah that, that's going to be an area of, of struggle for st louis blues but looking at this offense it it blows my mind that we continue to watch the same players um you know generate these great scoring chances and miss the net or you know set up in the offensive zone and then throw an errant pass that leads to break out the other way it, it's really frustrating because it doesn't feel like it's necessarily a personnel problem for the blues it, I, especially on offense i feel like they have the talent there it's just a matter of whether it's scheme uh whether it's play style um it, it's it's tough you know we've seen such flashes of brilliance and dominance from this team to see them play so poorly at other times it, it really is hard to gauge what the uh, true form of the St. Louis Blues team is. And Richard Clay says in chat, this team is so frustrating to watch. Agreed. That is the number one emotion that I felt tonight was frustrated. It's not like we're watching, you know, the Blues get outplayed. That's not the case at all. They're playing good hockey. And then all of a sudden they just make these laps. They have these lapses, these turnovers or these, you know, breakouts for Chicago going two on one um, or missing the net. It's it's frustrating. It's It's not, it's games they could be winning. Um, and they're not, they're losing games. They could win. I always say the mark of a good team is a team that, that wins games. They should lose uh, a mark of a frustrating team. I don't want to say bad team. A mark of an inconsistent team is a team that 
maybe they win games they should lose, but they, they also certainly lose games they should win. And I think, I don't want to say the Blues should have won tonight, um, but given their play late, but they could have. They very much could have. They started out the game really, really strong going up to nothing. They had a really strong first period. Um, even after Perron went down, they looked all right at first, and then the wheels fell off. And it, it just, they just gave the game right back to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, let's see, could move Wallman as well. Uh, says Richard Clay. JTAP says he thought they could trade Huso. Uh, Binner has been slightly better. So, yeah, I think whether it's a trade or a shakeup, there are definitely a couple of different routes the Blues could take, but I think it needs to come a little sooner rather than later. I think early in the season, um, it was easy to get complacent with that hot start. And even when they started losing games, it was easy to say, well, they, you know, they, they looked really good in those first five games and they're generating a ton of offense. But now here we are quarter of the way into the season and we're seeing the same habits continue to plague the blues. And it's not like they're snap looking like they're going to snap out of it anytime soon. Uh, Richard Clay says, I think the defense is fine. The offense has to pick it up. In my opinion, they can't get suffocate. They can't get sustained zone time and putting too much pressure on the D. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, I, I have, I'm, I'm hesitant to judge the offensive performance tonight because again, they had, uh, 10 forwards and they had so many tired bodies out there, especially late in the third period, um, which probably did put more pressure on the defense, which I guess, I guess maybe thinking about it that way. I don't know if you can blame the defense tonight. Um, you know, it, giving up two goals. Uh, it means that in regulation, I, I guess you can't look at the defense and say they really struggled. But again, anytime you have 10 forwards, it's going to be very difficult to um, have sustained offense just because especially late in games, you got pretty much every guy out there playing almost 20 minutes. And, you know, instead of getting a minute and a half off between shifts, you're getting 45 seconds because you're only rolling three lines. They're having a hard time catching their breath, getting their legs back under them. Um, so I have a hard time you know, criticizing the offense too much tonight. But that being said, especially if Piranha's is out moving forward and the offense continues to struggle, then I don't know what to say about this team because on paper, this offense looks stacked. Um, it, it, I, I, I hate to, to bring this up, but there may be a point in the near future where we look to Craig Berube and say, how are you getting this little out of an offense this good? I'm not saying that's where we're at now. Um, but if the offense continues to be a struggle for this team with the personnel that they have um, and with the players that they have on offense, then I don't think that you can really look and say, oh man, you know, these guys aren't playing well enough because they should be. Um, it, maybe it's the scheme at that point. Um, but I think tonight we saw the offense look really good in the first period and then it just absolutely disappeared. Uh, no sustained pressure whatsoever. They went in a couple two-on-ones breakaways, but after that, that's all they, that's all they had. Uh, JTAP in the chat says, I don't trust much about this team because they have burned me in the past. One guy I trust is Army. If he finds a trade that's worth it, I'm sure he will go for it, but he won't take a trade. Yeah, I, I he won't take a trade that's bad for the team. There have been a lot of key injuries, but with how deep we are, we shouldn't be dropping games like we have been. Yeah, I think both of those are good points. Um, I trust Armstrong so much. I think he's a spectacular GM, and I don't really look at any of the trades that he's made in the past and, and disagree with any of them. Um, I, I think that he's not going to be in any rush. Like he's not going to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade. You know, he's not the sky is falling sort of guy. He's, he, he's, he's Doug Armstrong does a very good job of getting an honest look at the St. Louis blues. And if he thinks that they're capable of making a run this year, then he'll go out and he'll get a rental uh, that can, you know, bolster the offense or bolster the defense, whatever the need may be and whatever the trade may be. But if the trade isn't there, then a trade won't be made. He's not the type of GM to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade. 
Um, that being said, I wasn't planning on going into this in the third segment, but the more that I think about it, I think we need to look at Craig Berube um, and the coaching and sort of try to identify whether or not that's the problem. Um, so I'm going to be getting into that and more. But first, if you think that the Blues might have a new head coach this season and you want to place bets on who it is, got to check out betonline.ag. Thanksgiving just happened, and now it's Black Friday. we got a full weekend of football. Nothing goes better with football than betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, they're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving and Black Friday, so make sure you check them out. All right. Before I get into the third segment, looking into the chat, uh, Richard Clay says, I, the only bad trade was the Fabry trade. Uh, I, I I, mean, from a hockey standpoint, yeah, that was a frustrating trade, but it was. I think that was a trade that was more just to get Fabry a change of scenery. Um, he didn't have a spot on this team. Uh, and he would have just been spending time, you know, fourth line, healthy scratch, and it would have been hard for him to get his legs back under him after the injury. So I think if anything, that was more of a courtesy to him, uh, just, you know, not to pigeonhole him and stick him here in, in a, in a spot that he didn't belong in, especially trying to recover from an ACL injury. Um, I think Doug Armstrong wanted to kind of do him a favor and put him somewhere where he could play and get consistent enough ice time. Um, anyways, moving on, it is time, I think, to talk about Craig Ruby. The more that I kind of went on this episode and thinking about what went wrong tonight, the more that I'm su- suspecting that coaching might have a little something to do with it. Um, the Blues have a lot of skill on the roster, a lot of talent on the roster, um, and it still feels like they're they're kind of prone to, um, it still feels like they're kind of prone to uh, play a more defensive style game, which hurts them at times. You know, looking at the the ice time tonight, Jordan Cairo was their best forward without a doubt. Yet he only played seventeen and a half minutes. Um, Brandon Saad got more time than him. Robert Thomas got more time than him. Bushnevich got more time than him. O'Reilly got more time than him. Not saying that those guys necessarily didn't deserve more time than Jordan Cairo, but Jordan Cairo should be your number one forward out there. Yeah. Maybe he's a little bit of a defensive liability, but you know, you know what helps, uh, your defense, Jordan Cairo having the puck hundred percent of the time that he's out there. You know, there's an old expression, the best offense is a good defense. Well, a good offense can be a good defense too. And Jordan Cairo was probably the Blues' best forward tonight in terms of sustained pressure and in terms of being patient with the puck. And it really feels like he just wasn't out there enough. They didn't put him out there until the third shift uh, of overtime. And he got one chance with the puck and the Blackhawks went down on a two-on-one and scored. You know, you put him out there, you put him out there first thing, Blues get possession, could could be a game over. It's just frustrating that Jordan Cairo, who has been the best forward for the Blues this year, and I don't think there's been a single game where he's left the team in ice time. I don't know for sure. I'm kind of just guessing. Uh, so maybe someone could fact check me on that. But I don't think Cairo has gotten enough ice time. And that's because Craig Berube maybe doesn't trust him defensively, which is fine at, at times. Um, I, I think Craig Berube is still a good coach. I think he is really good at motivating the players, and I think the Blues still, you know, could have success under him. But if you're looking at this team and you're saying, you know, you need a quick change, you need something that's going to rejuvenate this team because there is talent there offensively. There's so much talent there offensively. And 
the Blues don't really have a defensive-minded team this year in terms of the personnel. They've got a couple good two-way forwards, but you look at their defensemen and their best defensemen are offensive-minded. You know, obviously they're good two-way defensemen, but Tori Krug is a spectacular offensive defenseman. Justin Falk has been generating offense as well. Scott Perunovic has been generating a ton of offense. Even Colton Pareko can generate offense. So maybe if if you're looking at coaching and you say, screw it, let's, let's completely flip the script. Let's bring in an offensive-minded coach um, who will focus on, you know, dynamic uh, playmaking, skill-based play. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't – I think now that I – now that the Blues are at the point that they're at, uh, this season, I think Craig Ruby is going to be under a bit of a microscope uh, over the next few weeks. I'm certainly going to be watching him more closely. I, I wouldn't, I'm not jumping the gun and saying coaching is the problem um, at all uh, because I think that there's more to it than that. Um, the Arizona game was the last game. Cairo had more minutes. Okay. Yeah. So Arizona game, Cairo had a lot of minutes, but you know, ever since then, Blues have been trying to play defensive minded hockey. Um, you know, stifling Kyrie's minutes a little bit. So it's it's frustrating. You know, it's, it's tough to watch the Blues send out Robert Bortuzzo on the left wing for consistent ice time. It, it, it really just feels like every time that that line was out there, they put they put Bortuzzo with like Bozak and I'm not sure who else, but it really felt like every time that line was on the ice, it was just throwing away offensive opportunities. You know, Bruby was more happy to put out Tyler Bozak, who's, you know, far from the best offensive generator on the St. Louis Blues. And then rather than move a guy like Tori Krug up to the wing, which I guess you could say that he didn't want to break up the solid defensive pairings and Robert Bertuzzo was the extra defenseman, but putting Robert Bertuzzo at left wing when you lose a forward because you only have 10, it really just feels like you're you're giving up on offense for that line. It's, it's, it's frustrating because on one hand, you want your best defenseman playing defense, obviously. Um, and Robert Bertuzzo is probably the worst defenseman uh, among those pairings, and that's maybe why he got moved up to forward. But that being said, watching the game and watching the Blues struggle to generate offense and it, that third period when they couldn't generate a thing, and I'm, you're, they're still throwing Bortuzzo out there on, on left wing, it's like, come on. you know. Every time that line was out there, it just felt like 90 seconds of of nothing like okay great Bortuzzo Bortuzzo's line, line is on the ice all right great at least we won't give up any scoring opportunities but we certainly won't be getting any ourselves it felt like the Blues lacked a little bit of urgency in that sense as well and and that could be a little bit more on the players um than coaching it, it felt like they weren't you know once they went up to nothing it didn't feel like they were as aggressive um to get those scoring opportunities maybe that's due to the fact that they had uh 10 forwards and they were just trying to focus on you know, stay, being a little conservative, saving their legs. Uh, but it, if, if that was the case, it didn't work because they looked dead tired late in the game. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm frustrated. This episode was kind of uh, all over the place. Wasn't exactly the, the segmented episode that it usually is, but the game literally just ended five minutes ago. So I'm, it's fresh in my mind. Um, just spewing every, every thought that I had. So I don't know tomorrow, uh, Columbus. And then you got two games against Tampa Big tests, huge tests. Columbus Blue Jackets are eleven and six, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are the Tampa Bay Lightning. If if you want, to, if you're confused about the Blues this season, like I am, um, and I think they might be a little confused too because they've looked so good at times and so poor at other times. It's going to be really, really telling seeing how they match up against teams like 
Tampa and Columbus because, you know, these struggles against the, the bad teams like Arizona and Chicago are frustrating. But then we watched the Blues play really good teams and they hung in there. You know, both the Carolina and the Edmonton game, the Blues could have won, um, if not for a few mistakes. So it really felt like they were capable of hanging with the big dogs. And then they go out and they lose to Arizona and then they go out and they lose to Chicago. So it, it's tough to try to determine what this team's identity is. Um, so three huge games for the St. Louis Blues coming up. Uh, I guess I'll give my prediction for lockdown player of the game tomorrow. Uh, Blues, Blue Jackets. It's a tough one. Um, I think if I'm looking at lockdown player of the game tomorrow and I'm, I'm, you know, especially after the performance tonight, I don't know. Do you look at offense? I, I think you have to. Um, my pick for lockdown player of the game tomorrow night, I think is going to be a guy that has yet to really get it going. Uh, Tommy, when he hears this episode on editing, he's going to give me crap for it because he always says I picked the best players on the team. But I'm going to pick a guy that should be one of the best players on the team offensively and really hasn't been uh, lately. And that's Ryan O'Reilly. Really feels like he's had a, a hard time um, generating consistent offense. He's still been spectacular defensively. Uh, but you'd need your captain to lead in every end of the ice, especially if it's Ryan O'Reilly. And it feels like he's been a bit of a step behind uh, offensively, you know, whether that's due to the COVID fatigue and stuff like that, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I, I think if he can come out and lead the charge and generate scoring opportunities for the Blues tomorrow, then the, they'll have a, a much better time generating offense. Also, I pray we see 12 forwards tomorrow, tomorrow night because clearly the 11 forward experiment wasn't successful, um, especially, you know, after Perron goes down to injury. That being said, I want to take like two minutes to talk about Perron going down because I wanted to talk about it in the third segment, but we ended up talking about Craig Berube. Um, I'm really worried. I'm worried that Perron has another concussion. Uh, And if that's the case, who knows when we'll see him again and who knows when we'll see him at his peak again for the St. Louis Blues. You know, hopefully it would be this season, but even then, does he get back up to full speed? It didn't look like a whole lot uh, on the hit, but the hit didn't look the, like the most clean. Uh, sort of led with the shoulder to the head, sh- sort of left his feet a little bit. I think it was McCabe um, on Perron. I don't think it was a super dirty hit. I'm not going to be up in arms about it, but Perron did kind of get the shoulder to the head, and then he hit his head against the glass. Uh, didn't look like he was too out of it, um, you know, skating off. Concussion spotters pulled him, took him out of the rest of the game. We know David Perron has concussion history, and we know that you know he's missed very extended periods of time due to concussions in the past, and it's a lot easier to get them again once you've already had a few. So if David Perron does have another concussion, that is a really severe concern for the Blues long-term this season. Um, it, it, it's, it's really... He's he's been one of their best forwards. He's still, you know, Tommy's and I have been talking about how he's sort of struggling this season a little bit. He's still, I believe, second on the team in points coming into the night behind Jordan Cairo. Um, and if the Blues are without him for the remainder of the season, that is a huge or not remainder of the season. I don't want to jump the gun that far, but if the Blues are without him for an extended period of time, um, it could be a huge blow to the offensive production for them. Um, man, it 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 just it just sucks, you know beyond just a hockey standpoint, watching David Perron potentially get another concussion after he's dealt with so many and after he's had such a strong season and such a strong year last year, it's the last thing you want to see as a hockey fan. Uh, so, you know, sending my, sending my best hopes to him. Hopefully it's, it's just a, just being conservative for the blues that, you know, maybe he's, he's not out long-term, but if he is, it's going to be even more of a test for them moving forward without him in the offense. Um, 
Then you think that could change up the Jake Neighbors situation? I believe Jake Neighbors is in the in juniors for good this season. I don't think I, I'm pretty confident that once you send a player down to juniors, you can't call them back up. Um, we we'll probably see Clem Costin obviously get a little bit bumped up in the lineup, and then I'm I'm not sure where the Blues would go to fill the void of David Perron. Uh, but we'll know more hopefully to maybe later today, tomorrow, because uh, the Blues do play again. So we will have it all covered for you here on the Locked On Blues podcast. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And also subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. That way you can join our live episodes um, and listen. Comment in the chat just like JTAP, Richard Clay. Uh, anyone, I don't want to miss anyone. Greg Kane and anyone else who is in chat today. We appreciate that so much. It makes these episodes so much more fun. Uh, so yeah, make sure you subscribe to us at Locked On Blues on YouTube. You can also follow us on all our socials at Locked On Blues, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelcher15. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.